0: You are listening to Everything Yoga, Everywhere Yoga, a podcast designed to explore yoga philosophy and psychology, taking it beyond the mat and into the world. How can we connect yoga and psychology to everyday life? My name is Jen. I'm your host, world-traveling yoga instructor, blogger, and the founder of Iveya Luna, Mindful Wellbeing, Peaceful Living. Every week on the podcast, we will be exploring different topics through yogic and psychological perspectives. I will occasionally be welcoming brilliant guests and hosting exciting Q&As. So join me as we wander the heart, the mind, and the world on this podcast, wherever you are on your journey. I'll meet you there. Hi everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Everything Yoga, Everywhere Yoga. Today on the show, I wanted to talk about something a little bit different than what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. I wanted to talk about how our movements physically affect our, or can translate even, our movements that are mental and emotional. So what I mean by that is, basically, how how we move physically can show us how we tend to move through our mind and our emotions. Now, before we jump in, I just want to say that I hope you're all well, and that you've had a lovely week uh, since the last time we connected, and that you're having a lovely... Day so far and a lovely week so far. I hope you're enjoying this new month of February. If you're anything like me, this is the actual new year. January was just a free trial. Um, I'm definitely feeling that a lot lately. Um, <laughs> I'm feeling like February was definitely the new beginning, especially with all the chaos and the the, the craziness. As joyous as it was from the holidays and the new year. And all that Thomas and I had to celebrate, I definitely feel like February is the real beginning. It's also the final countdown. And by final, I mean like the last three months that we have before we move away. And there's just a lot to be done. Uh, It's not too long, but it's also just enough time, right? It's not too short, not too long. It's a perfect amount of time to get everything ready before we move away. And uh, yeah, I have a lot of really exciting episodes I want to record as well before we take our break, because it will be a year in May on the 1st of May that we started this podcast, that I started this podcast and that you guys started tuning in. Some of you, some of you are newer. That's great. Welcome. Um, But my anniversary for the show is in May and I'm very, very excited. So with that in mind, (laughs) we have three months left until then. But I wanted to talk today about, as I said, how our movements how our physical movements can translate into the way that we handle our mental and emotional movements. So now I'm going to be explaining the sentence in a few different ways in this episode, as I already have now a few times. But basically, yes. So let's take a look at, for example, when we're on the mat or when we're doing any workout, really. So you don't have to be a yogi, you don't, have, you don't even have to have every time yoga. But hear me out. When we're doing an exercise, let's say a stretch, we're we're stretching our hamstrings, right? And we're in a pose and we're moving slowly, let's say, and we find ourselves frustrated, or we find ourselves impatient, or we find it uncomfortable, or we don't like it, it hurts, or we push ourselves even though it hurts, and we keep doing all these things. And and everyone's different and we're all different depending on the day. Some days we might be more patient and gracious with ourselves. Other times we're a little bit harder on ourselves, right? And we tend to be more annoyed when we don't get to where we want to be in that pose. Or we get frustrated, we start to compare ourselves to everyone around us or to what we used to be able to do or what we wish we could do or what so-and-so can do and so on and so forth. And other days, we're nice and patient, you know, we can handle it. We're like, okay, this hurts a little bit today. It wasn't like this yesterday, but that's fine. Or, you know, I used to be able to do this, but that's okay. Or, you know, I really want to get there in a few weeks or in a few months. I'm really focused on that. It's keeping me going. And our outlook changes, right? Well, the same thing applies to the way that we handle things mentally. And emotionally, right? Sometimes we tend to handle things more calmly, more rationally. And other times we handle things a bit more passionately, let's say, or with a bit more anger sometimes maybe, or a bit more sadness. And now naturally this depends on the situation. It depends on the circumstances. But it does physically as well, right? Did we sleep well? Did we eat well? Have we been stretching lately? Have we been doing our work? Have we been, you know, have we been trying to stay active? Have we, you know, like all things can happen as well for that. And and it's important to note this comparison, this similarity between the two, because it's really a state of mind at the end of the day, right? So regardless of what the circumstances are, we make our mind up with our language, with our thoughts, and then we feel a certain way and then we act a certain way, right? But circumstances are not in our control, right? They're not in our control because things happen and we can't control them. We can't control other people. We can't control the things that happen to us. We can't control the weather. There are a lot of things we can't control. And when these things affect us, it affects the way we handle things if we let it and sometimes we think it's a circumstantial situation, like a circumstantial issue, but it's not. It's actually us. For example, it hurts when you stretch today. Oh, it's just circumstances. I can't handle that. Whatever. It wasn't my fault. I just can't. It just hurts today. And then you. And then someone might say, well, have you been working out? Like, have you been trying to stay active? What have you been doing? No, but I can't because it hurts when I do this. Okay, right, okay. So let's tackle that. Like, where does it hurt? Why does it hurt, right? And, and we try to heal. When I'm hurt, physically I mean, I don't just say, well, I, my shoulder hurts now, so I'm not going to work out. And then when I feel like I'm not in shape anymore, I think to myself, well, well, I can't work out anyway because I hurt my shoulder. That's why I'm not working out. That's why I'm not fit. That's why nothing's working. That's why I used to be more fit than I am now. That's why I'll never be fit again. And then I start to spiral. I don't do that with my physical body. When I'm in pain, I'm like, right, why does that hurt? Did I injure myself? Or is there something that is finally coming out from certain movements that I've been making? Well, let's get to the bottom of that so I can continue my active lifestyle. Let's get to the bottom of that so I can continue living a healthy life that I love and that makes me happy. And I think for the most part we do that, right? We, we don't like when we feel aches and pains in our bodies. We don't We don't find it fun, it's not nice. <laughs> so we try to do something about it, generally. But with our emotions and our minds, we don't really do the same thing. We tend to just ignore things. We tend to be like, right, well, I'm a little bit sad about that, whatever. Or that's really annoying or that makes me angry, but whatever. Or this is giving me some anxiety, but whatever. And then we just do something fun. Either we go out with friends or we drink or we eat or we, you know, we do. And by eat, I mean like overeat or indulge. And we get into all these things and... And sometimes even like being physically active or going to do yoga is a form of escapism. Like it depends how you're doing something, right? Like at the end of the day, it's about tapping into the issue when we have to handle something, right? But without getting into the details of that right now, that's essentially what's happening. We do whatever it takes to feel better or feel like we feel better, right? Which is a distinction that we're going to make in this episode. So... We do that with our mind and our, you know, our thoughts and our emotions and with our physical bodies, we tend to be like, oh, this hurts, let me do something. But typically, we tend to wait until we feel something physically to do something about it emotionally. So sometimes when we have a physical or most of the time when we have a physical manifestation of something, it's just a physical thing, right? Oh, my knee hurts. Well, you know, I have this issue or oh, my ankle hurts. Right. I have that issue. But sometimes it's another issue. I genuinely believe that we often feel physically what is going on mentally and emotionally. Now this doesn't mean that you're doing a bad job at taking care of yourself emotionally or or, or mentally. It just means that this is a manifestation of something and it's an opportunity to learn and to heal. But we wait, always. We wait. And we ignore things. And then when it finally manifests through illness or through anxiety or depression or something that we can actually see like we're fatigued or we're we're depressed we're you know then finally oh my god I feel incapacitated now what do I do because it becomes really physical at that point right whereas the level of depression before the level of anxiety before was suppressible and you're like no no everything's fine but then when it truly manifests then it's like oh my god now what do I do and it becomes this unbearable thing and some people still ignore it even when it gets that bad But again, without getting into that right now, I'm still trying to give you guys some context here um, and and just warm you up for this topic because I think there's going to be a part one and a part two for this one as well. Um, When we get into all these things, we think of how we move physically, we think of how we move mentally and emotionally, and we try to make parallels so that we can understand why we do the things that we do. So for example, if we do the things that we do, like I explained earlier, With our physical bodies, if we say, for example, oh, this hurts, let me get to the bottom of it, we should do the same thing with our emotional states and our mental states, right? We should say, oh, that doesn't feel good when I think about it. There's a physical manifestation when something is not pleasant. And there's a physical manifestation when something is pleasant. But we ignore it because they're subtle or they're easy to avoid. You can actually ignore them or forget about them. They're not as annoying or as persistent as most physical pain. But it's there. And think, there are probably some physical discomforts that you've gotten used to and that you've just chucked up to, well, yeah, that's just my knee. Or that's just my, you know, and we've just let it slide. But here's what's true. We should tackle all of them. It doesn't mean it's some massive Pandora's box or, you know, some, some crazy Pandora's box or something, but it's, it's worth exploring. It's worth investigating and saying, okay, well, why does that hurt? Or, you know, why do I get that feeling when I think of that? Or, right? So any discomfort is, a, is an opportunity to learn, is an opportunity to explore and see what we can find, be it a physical discomfort or a mental, emotional discomfort. So let's just take a moment and understand that. You know, I know it's a heavy intro to the topic, but essentially this is it, right? We're thinking of all the times that we've suppressed anything. Again, be it a knee pain, a joint pain, or, you know, a headache, or persistent stomach ache, you know, and all the times that we've ignored emotional discomfort, like that knot you get in your stomach when you think of something that makes you anxious or angry, or that tightness in your chest when you think of something that makes you anxious or angry, or sad, right? And when you are dealing with even your physical pain, how do you get through it? Do you walk differently when you find out that your when you notice that your knee hurts, or do you keep pushing through? Do you say to yourself, mm, "Maybe I won't run for a while," or do you say, "Well, no, I'll run anyway"? And what about when your heart hurts, like figuratively, or as in, what about when you're anxious or sad or angry? Do you just keep carrying on and doing the same things? without even realizing what might be triggering this anxiety, this anger, or this sadness? Or do you say, hmm, maybe I'll lay off what I think it could be right now. Maybe I'll just take a step back from that right now. You know, I don't know the answer to that. That's that's a question you have to ask yourself, you know? And now naturally, it's a lot easier to say, oh, I'll stay off my knee. I won't go running for a week or something, whatever. Than to say, oh, this really deep thing that's happening to me right now. I know that this is what's causing my pain emotionally or mentally. I know it's a lot easier to, you know, put one on the back burner than the other. Um, you know, to to lay off the running for a bit than it is to lay off thinking about something that might actually be hurting you, because um, that's a lot harder to ignore. But even the pain, even if you stop running, you can still feel the pain in your knee, the discomfort in your knee. You don't know that it's going to go away. You don't know why that is, like, why it's there. And if you want to run again one day, you might might have to get to the bottom of what's happening with your knee. Well, it's the same thing with your emotions, right? You can not think about it for a while, or you can avoid it, you can escape, you can do all the things. But at some point, you're going to have to face it if you want to get to a place where you can live more freely and more happily. And the only way to do that is to sort that pain out. So, that you can continue doing whatever it is that you want to do with your life, all those things, and feeling all the happy things that you want to feel. So, drawing the parallel, like seeing the parallels here, and drawing the conclusion that we need to watch the way we navigate through life on every aspect of our existence. And not just the ones that smack us in the face with like an intense symptom, <laughs> but actually all of them. Because all the teeny weeny ones are perhaps the start of something really big, and all the really big ones started teeny-weeny once. So that's what I want us to explore today. And we'll talk about different examples, we'll talk about different ways to navigate this, and if need be, though I think probably, there will be a part two to this as well. So let's dive in into more detail. So one comparison we can make between physical movement and emotional-mental movement is where we need to be or where we think we need to be, where we think we should be, where we want to be, all of that. In those situations, we tend to avoid doing the thing that will make us feel like we are not where we want to be. If we don't feel physically fit or flexible or where we want to be physically, we might not get on the mat. We might avoid going for a run. We might avoid doing any of the things that we need to do to feel you know, to be active and to be healthy. If we feel fat, we might say, well, what's the point? And just keep eating bad things. Or we might starve ourselves. And when we're not feeling well emotionally, we might do all kinds of things so that we don't have to feel our emotions, right? We'll do whatever it takes to not have to be where we should be. And where we should be in both situations is present, right? Like our idea of what we should be feeling or where we should be physically are not where we actually should be. They're where we think we should be. So when you don't want to get on the mat or when you don't want to go out for your run because you think that you should be able to do certain poses a certain way or run a certain pace or, you know, a certain amount of kilometers, whatever it might be, That is what you think you need to be able to do. That is what you've told yourself you have to be able to do. That is you thinking, well, I've done it before. Why can't I do it again now? And then it makes you feel like you're not where you need to be. Like you feel like a failure. You feel inadequate. You feel all the things. And then you avoid. And you take yourself away from where you should be where you should actually be, where is that? Like I said, in the present moment, in the present moment, connecting to exactly what it is you're feeling right now. So when you're on the mat and you're going into a forward fold, let's say, and, oh, your hands aren't touching the floor like they were, or perhaps they're not even touching the floor at all. Then you think, oh my God, what happened? I was so flexible before. I was doing this so easily before. What happened? I was able to do all these things before. And that's a really, really common dialogue. We've all been there, I've been there, students of mine have been there, teachers of mine have been there, friends of mine have been there. We've all been there, right? And we sit there thinking, oh my God, why can't I do this anymore? What has happened? And we held ourselves in such esteem at the time Or maybe we didn't, but we do now. Because we think that that's value. We think that we only have value if we are there. Chances are we probably didn't feel that valuable back then either. Or maybe we did. Doesn't really matter. The point is that we don't feel of value now. Because we think that value is something that really it isn't. You can get flexible if you want to. You can get back to a certain place if you want to. Like, it's not about that. Right? And if it was anything serious, you'd have bigger focuses than, you know, never being able to put your ankle behind your head, you know, if that was if that was the situation, right? It's always more than that. So what is it really? I mean, yeah, those things were fun, and oh, you know, I used to be able to do that, fine. But what does that represent? What do those things represent? I used to be able to do this, I used to be able to do that, right? What is it? Is it a sense of freedom, a sense of accomplishment, a sense of I can, a sense of well you don't know what you have till it's gone like what is it inside of you that makes you feel like you're lesser than now that you can't do those things or now that you don't look the way you used to look and to be fair there's such like a cultural thing as well with aging or with gaining weight or with you know all these things there really is such a you know, such a talk about this. Oh, look, she used to be able to do or Look how she used to look or wow, she's really put on weight. And there's a lot of that, you know, I get it. And that can really be suffocating. We really take that on. And then we really feel like we need to perform a certain way or look a certain way. But when you have the conversation with yourself, what am I about? Who am I? What is my value? What is my worth? these conversations are the conversations we need to have with ourselves in order to know what we need to do in life and what the things we do mean to us and now shifting our attention toward the mental and emotional equivalents of this sort of dialogue although it's all pretty much interlinked but focusing more like taking it coming at it from a, an emotional and and uh, mental angle when we are feeling something and if we're not happy about it we'll want to escape we'll want to avoid tackling it because if we actually sit there with our thoughts in the quiet by our lonesome what are we faced with? the same thing that we were faced with on the mat not being able to stretch the same way or running not being able to run as fast or for as long we're faced with not being able to be in the silence perhaps we're faced with feeling lonely maybe we're faced with feeling that grief we kind of tucked away or really shoved aside for a while, <laughs> right? We're, we're we're left with all of those things. And they're not fun. Because we think, well, I miss when I was happy. I miss when this wasn't a problem. And we also long for the days that may or may not come where we won't feel this pain anymore. We long for the days where we may... Be able to move the same way, run the same way, walk the same way, look the same, whatever. We do long for them because we've attached value to that. And as humans, we look forward to things, as in not necessarily with excitement, but sometimes even with dread. Right? We think, oh, I, w- I could have been there. I was there. Why am I not still here? Do I? W-? And in that it creates like this faux desire. But like, do you want to be there again? Do you know? the context of who you were back then? Do you know the circumstances in which you were? Is it worth going there again? You know, maybe you were skinnier back then, but perhaps you had anxiety, you know? Perhaps you were really, really, really anxious and you weren't eating and you were actually not very healthy at all. But it felt like, you know, you look back and you think, right, yeah, I was so fit then, wow. Yeah, but you maybe had some other things going on. And if not, if you're genuinely like, no, no, I was very healthy then. Like, that was the better me. Then that's another conversation you have to have with yourself. Is it the better you? Or was it a you then? Just a you in a point of time that you were happy and healthy. And it gives you a frame of reference for the kind of happiness and health you want to have now in your life. That's okay. That's okay to think that. I've had moments like that as well. I've had moments where I've thought, wow, like... I wish I could go back to that lifestyle. I remember I remember being very, very happy then. That was really nice. I, I think I felt better then. I didn't know it in the moment. I was still looking for more and better and bigger all the time, but actually it was it was quite nice. But of course, hindsight is twenty twenty, and that's another thing to keep in mind, right? We look back and we think, Wow, I was complaining, but really it was not so bad. Sure, but are you thinking that now because you're just going through a dip? Or is there something to be said for it? I think that as soon as we feel that way, as soon as we're looking back like that, and it's affecting our present moment negatively, we need to understand why. Be it the way you looked physically, or what you were able to perform, how you were able to perform physically, take whatever, in, on the physical plane. What is it that's making you look back? and make you and that's making you feel negative now then once you've identified what that is think to yourself right what is different now then then I'm looking at this okay I've identified this that I'm looking in the past now and I'm longing for that physical aptitude or that physical strength or flexibility or stamina whatever it might be okay so a is it different now Have I lost that? B, what was my life then? That made me that way. What were all the circumstances? C, why am I here now? What have I changed? What has changed in my lifestyle from then to now? Things don't happen overnight, so what happened? And then another question. I think we're at D now. (laughs) Do I do the things now that I need for myself? Do I? Yes or no? If so, great. Then why am I focused on what I looked like then or how I was then? Is there perhaps something that I can incorporate again? Is there perhaps just something missing in what I'm offering myself now? It doesn't necessarily mean you need to go back to what you were. Even if the circumstances back then were absolutely beautiful, like you've gotten to where you are for a reason. And we learn from the past, yes, but we do not revisit it in that sense, like we do not go back in time. So if there's something that you want to reincorporate into your life, like, oh, I remember when I was doing that, I felt really good, great, try doing it again. But don't assume you will automatically feel good again, you might not, that might not be something that you need in your life right now. Perhaps the only thing this was teaching you is that you want a change, or that something is missing, or that... Maybe you want to explore the possibility that you're ready to welcome something different into your life or something similar, but still different because, you know, you're different now. You're different than who you were then, but it's inspired you to perhaps open up your mind and your heart to something. And it might inspire you to, you know, get out there again, get back on the mat or something like that. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. That's what the past should teach us. It should inspire us, right? Right. But it should not bring us down. There are, the past is a part of us. Like Our past is a part of us. So looking at ourselves and, and, and treating it like a competition or like a letdown when we look at ourselves now, it, be it that we're ashamed of what we were or we're ashamed of what we are, that's not good. We should not be ashamed either way. You should not look back at yourself and be ashamed. And you should not look at yourself now and be ashamed. So. What is the image of the past teaching you? What is it telling you? What is it showing you? Investigate this with kindness. Don't judge. Accept all the feelings that come in when you think about who you were then or what you were then or what you were doing then or how you looked then. Take it all into account. For a moment, forget about oh, it doesn't matter what I look like or appearances don't matter or these things don't matter. Don't think about what doesn't matter. This all matters to you right now. So unpack that. Then you can put things in perspective and look at what means the most to you and what matters most to you. But for now, just accept that this is what it is, right? Because you've recognized that there's something to, to do here. There's something to explore. Now accept it Feel it, whatever it is. Oh my God, that's so embarrassing when I think about that. Oh my God. Okay, accept that. Or, my God, I was so fit then. I looked amazing then. I looked so good. Okay, accept that. Or, wow, maybe my life really was better then. Maybe I really made a a mistake. Okay. Accept that. Stop. Stop right there. Don't go crazy. <laughs> you know, don't in in, in, your, in the dialogue of trying to make yourself feel bad, yeah? I meant that as an expression, not actually, you know, it was a poor choice of words, but I meant don't don't let it get out of hand, yeah? Just accept it. Okay. That's how you feel. Perfectly valid. Good. Connect with it. Great. There it is. This is how you feel. Accept it. Because right now, nothing's going to change. You're not changing it right now. So you can do two things. One of two things. Resist or accept. Because in this moment, right now, and that's our focus, you can't change anything. So you either resist or you accept. So accept it. Maybe you're looking back and thinking, wow, it was so bad then. I'm so happy now. How did I not see that? And how do I know I'm not going to do that again? How do I know I'm not unhappy now even? How do I know for sure that I'm actually happy now? Okay. Good. Accept it. Let it in. Connect with it. And take that moment, take all of these moments, and don't let it get crazy. And again, I say this, you know, I just want to explain. I say these things, like, don't let it get crazy, because I say those things to myself because I don't like to use the word crazy in general. I don't like it, but I use it with myself sometimes because I like to have a nice little laugh about it, like, don't let it get crazy, because then it makes me, personally, it just makes me have a nice little laugh with things sometimes, like, I don't know it's a personal thing and um it was actually a friend that it was a conversation I'd had with a friend and and sometimes actually making it a bit um comical if it if you know if you identify with that can can make it more fun but definitely was not implying that any of this is crazy whatsoever um and I don't mean it in that way I just meant don't make it get all funny um in fact it, it's not even the word we don't even use the word crazy it's a word that we've made up entirely <laughs> but uh yeah it's a it's a word that's not even in the English dictionary so but anyway, don't let it get out of hand, yeah? Don't let it get all... Just Yeah, don't let it get all out there. And um, I guess we can say kabobbled, okay, instead of crazy. That's not the word we use either. It's it's a bit of a, a nasty word, but <laughs> let's say kebobbled, okay? We're not going to let things get kebobbled. We're just going to stay focused. We're going to stay with the thing. For those of you who want to know what the word is, it's comfuckled. Um <laughs> because I feel like I've really amped it up now so I thought I would just say it but yeah, it's confuckled um, so don't let things get all confuckled all right? everything's going to be okay we're just taking it step by step we've recognized that there's something to explore we're accepting all the things that, we've, that we're that we feeling and that are rising up and that we're, that are popping up and that we're seeing in every direction pulling us in every direction and now we're going to investigate with kindness why do I feel that it's important for me to think of how I was then good or bad for better or for worse why am I thinking about then okay I'm thinking about my past why not we all do great I feel like I've come a long way fantastic that's a really good thing to think about that's great you've come a long way wonderful what's more Are you afraid that you're not moving as fast anymore? Are you afraid that you're not moving in the same direction anymore? That can happen. Sometimes you get over something quite traumatic, quite intense. And then when you find a stability, it feels strange. Do not have to be going through that intense you know roller coaster that it is we somehow get addicted to it in a way and we love the relief we feel every time we hit a milestone or you know that that high we kind of get when we're finally happy when we feel a bit free from a a, you know a pain or a heartbreak um and though we love the stability and we love the happiness sometimes like you know we don't have the same sense of accomplishment with the everyday anymore because we've just been living a pretty good life for a while (laughs) you know I've actually heard a lot of clients talk to me about that or maybe you're looking back and thinking oh my god I just thought back at something and it was so embarrassing oh my god and you start to feel all ashamed and then you start to identify with that shame again or perhaps you're thinking about how you looked back then what we what you were able to do physically back then That's another one, you know, and and we look back and we think, my goodness, I feel like I've aged so much. Like, I went through this adult phase that I thought was an adult phase. And now I look back and I feel like an old lady looking back at myself. This is another common conversation I have. You know, and we're all quite young, let's say, those of us who were talking about this. And it was said that we, you know, we look back and we feel older for some reason, you know, suddenly we feel like, wow, back then, you know, this idea that we had of our adultness, you know, is different than how we feel as adults now, right? And I think this applies to like every age group, right? I think we all feel this at some point in time. And it's all relative, really, because you might look at yourself and think, well, of course, I feel old, I'm 50. It's like, yeah, but you're probably looking at some versions of yourself that were not that long ago and I probably looked really old to you when you were 20 you know like it's all very relative so we look back at versions of ourselves and we think oh my god I thought I was still in that phase like I thought I was still in this but suddenly I don't feel like that you know I actually had a friend of mine tell me recently I'm pushing 30 like this whole time I kind of just felt like I was in my 20s and I was just this young 20 year old but now that I'm making all these new choices and I have all these new plans in my life I look back and I'm thinking, oh, my God, when I was in uni, like that wasn't that was me being in my 20s. That was me being in university in my early 20s, you know, fit and going out with my friends and, you know, all these things and dating and this and that. And, and you, my God, you, you start to feel like old. <laughs> and, I, and it actually dawned on me that sometimes I'm like, wow, yeah, like there were things I did then that I would never do now. And there there was a way of life then that I would never have now. But this is also an observation to be had because it's like, right, but I'm here for a reason. So what am I looking at now? I'm looking at the present moment, be it any of the things that I've just mentioned or a combination of a few or everything I've just said. What is it that is your present moment and what are you comparing it to? Because don't forget, in this actual moment, in this present moment, this is the only time you have to connect with now. It's the only time, is right now. And I don't want to get into like a deep meditation right now, but just for a moment, think about the fact that this moment right now is the only one of now. And it's past now. (laughs) Now it's a new one. And it's past now. And... Every moment is this moment. It's an incredible feeling, actually, when you really tap into it. And so we look at our entire life. What we consider our present moment is really a bunch of past moments and a bunch of future moments we're thinking about. And they all make up our present moment. But what if we shed all of that and we actually focus on a present moment right now? Not only is that mindfulness... And not only is that a brilliant meditation that I take my clients through, but it's something to do all the time, right in this moment. And what it does is it creates space. What it does is that it creates space between our past and how we perceive our past and how we perceive our future. And the big tug that there is between the two and how if we're not careful, it completely eclipses our present moment, and then we can now no longer make sense of anything. And so, the only thing that can be done is tapping into the present moment. We need to feel this present moment, because only in this moment will we actually know what is, not what was, not what will be, not what we miss, and not what we want, but What is. It's the only time. And when you create the space, you grow the present moment. And when you grow the present moment, there is more space in this present moment, which means that there is more space around you, in and around you. And with that, you can actually fill your present with all that you need and all that you want. And if there's something that you need that you don't have, you'll notice. And you'll know what it is. And if it's just something that you want then that you don't have or that you can't have, you'll notice. And with this space, with this present moment space, you'll also see what maybe you don't need and what maybe you don't really want. Because so much of what we think we need and want is based on the past and the future. But they become so high frequency. They become so... Intense that they eclipse the present and we lose complete sense of what is going on actually and we lose complete perspective so I will leave you on this today to just recognize all the feelings physically mentally, emotionally when you're moving, when you're thinking when you're feeling recognize everything accept it all because as I said in this moment, you cannot do anything about it. So you either resist or accept. And accepting definitely leads to the better path, to a healthier path, a path to peace, really. Resisting will just make you go back. It'll create more pain, but we're trying to alleviate pain. So we accept. And then we investigate with kindness and we think, right, what am I feeling? Where am I feeling it? How am I feeling it? Why am I feeling it? Where? And who pops up into my mind? What is really going on here? And then we detach from this, right? We create non-attachment. And the only way to create non-attachment is to create a detachment from ourselves to the past Into the future. And to create that non attachment, we must create space. When we attach to something, it's because there is no space between us and that thing. When we do not detach from someone, it's because there's no space between us and that someone. And without space, there cannot be boundaries. Without boundaries, there cannot be a mutual respect and a mutual love and the same applies to your past you right now in your present and your future so practice non-attachment create space between you now you then and you tomorrow and through that space you'll find what you need and what you want even things you never even thought you'd want or need and you'll be able to move forward one step at a time So I hope this episode was helpful for you. And yes, there will be a part two. (laughs) And in, in in the meantime, if you have any questions or any comments, please do not hesitate to get in touch with me as always. And also, I haven't said this in a while, but if you could please, please, please write me a review or... Give me a nice little rating. Um, it really helps the show, and I would really, really appreciate it. Don't forget to take a screenshot and send it to me so I can tag it so I can thank you personally because uh, they don't always show up on iTunes. So uh, do let me know. I would really appreciate it, and I'd like to hear from you as well. So that would be great. As I said, I hope this was helpful. I hope this made sense. Seriously, do not hesitate to get in touch with me. I 100% answer everyone. So please. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Be mindful. Take care of yourself. Be safe. Be healthy. Be kind to yourself and to everyone around you. And don't forget to fill your heart with love. Namaste.